Welcome to Mystic Initiations, a podcast hosted by priestesses Lady Decana and Lady Aridia. Together we will explore all things mystical, magical, and mysterious. So grab yourself a drink, get comfortable, and follow us as we delve into the world of the unknown. Hello and welcome to Mystic Initiations. I am Lady Decana. And I am Lady Aridia. And today um, we wanted to talk about the Norse pantheon and Norse paganism because both of us, myself and Aridia, um, we've actually been working with the Norse gods quite a bit and they're really powerful right now. There's some powerful energies going on. So we wanted to just kind of share our experiences and talk a little bit about working with the Norse gods, what it's like working with them, how you can work with them. And why don't we start with your experience, like how it started? How long have you been working with the Norse gods? Well, on and off for years, but something has changed. Um, I've been in this two year, two year plus path where I have, I have allowed my my Valkyrie, my angel, my spirit guide to pretty much tell me what to do. And it's been amazing because my entire life has changed drastically, mm-hmm. all for the better in all areas of my life. Part of that is she has brought me back to my own heritage, which um, I am Viking, Danish, Norwegian, Swedish, Finnish, and that's a teeny little bit of Jew in there <laughs> and a couple Englishmen. And... Uh, <laughs> the English have to show up on some level and um, right. yeah, they're everywhere, but um, <laughs> I've really tied back into them and I have found their presence in my life like nothing else I've experienced. So I'm right in the midst of dancing with the old Nordic gods. How about you? So I've been practicing witchcraft for over 25 years and I've never had any inclination of ever working with any of the Norse gods and never felt drawn to them until, until I married my husband who is Swedish actually and moved out here to Montana. Um, I came to work with them. Well, here's what happened. It was a couple years ago, maybe three years ago. I was trying to establish working with a deity and I didn't know which deity I wanted to work with. There were a couple of ones that interest me and I figured that's the best place to start. Um, so I um, tried working with a couple of Celtic deities and didn't really feel anything then. And then I decided I wanted to try working with Freya because she had been kind of in the background of my thoughts and whatnot. So I was like, oh, well, we'll give it a shot. And I went into a meditative space. Excuse me. Um, when I was trying to meditate, I could see Freya, but she was like off in the distance. So I couldn't really connect with her. And then all of a sudden I see Odin's face, That's like literally good. right in my that face, gives me just staring at me. And I was like, and it scared me. It actually scared me. I was like, whoa, because I don't I don't work with male gods very I don't often either. until until recently. 
Um, and I was a little scared and I felt like I knew he didn't say anything to me. Um, but I felt like I was being tested. Like I was basically like he was going to be the gatekeeper, so to speak. So I was being tested and I got out of the meditation. I told my husband about it and I was a little freaked out and I was like, well, I don't know. I don't really want to work with Odin, but I was like, well, I'm going to go with it because if he came to me, then maybe there's something I need to learn there or whatever. And since that time, my connection with Odin has actually grown stronger. And since working with Odin more often, Freya has now come forward a little bit more. So I do feel her presence and her energy entering in my life now, but Odin's still like the top dog, if you will. Um, of the deities that I'm working with. I haven't worked with any, well, I've worked with Frigg a little bit as well. So, but that's about it. I haven't really delved into the other Norse deities yet. Um, but right now I feel like Odin wants me to serve him by learning the runes, um, which I've been working on. And then that's the whole process. I'm trying to really let myself delve into it. I meditate on the runes. I chant the runes, um, which has actually shown some interesting magical results in my life since doing that. I find that rune magic is pretty powerful. So we can talk about that at some point if you'd like. And then he's also kind of challenged me to kind of go out of my comfort zone and to start doing my readings, which I know I have the ability to do, but I've been afraid to do it. So now he's like, Nope, now's the time. And he's basically kind of pushing me off. So I'm actually going to be doing some expos in the fall here in Montana and South Dakota, actually. Um, so well, that's where I'm at right now. Our, with our, our journey's not too dissimilar. When I was, I mean, anybody who listens to the podcast knows that I spent 12 years as a black magician and that ended just a little over two years ago. Well, when I set up that temple um, to do the rite of evocation and um, I was like, well, there needs to be a male de deity represented because the male um, spirits I was working with normally were like demonic, like Azazel and Belial and those guys, the kingdom right. of flame guys. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> team demon and uh so i i thought i need a watchful male deity for my temple and i thought well mm -hmm. i'm i'm nordic so odin so that was just simply i put his rune um in the north on the north gate of the temple and i said odin this this is your temple and that was it <laughs> and i mm -hmm. uh then you went through this big metamorphosis where I've been following my Valkyrie, my spirit guide. And then she brought me back into a really um, just, I just feel like I've traveled back in time. I've had so many visions and dreams where I've been in the long boats and been in the long houses and just with them. I've just, it's like the family came and got me and they're like, no, you belong to us. Yes. This is where you sit here. And I love it. I just, I love it. I'm just filled with the vibe of it. But Odin, like you, 
you know, other than dedicating that temple to Odin and then just being mindful that he's, you know, the, the wise old man of the mm -hmm. tribe, I had no interest in having anything to do with Odin, but he has just found me and he's around. I just, and he has, and you, you attest to this because he found you. He has a very strong, unique, enticing and pleasant vibration or presence, mm -hmm. right? I mean, he's just, yes. and when he's around, I know it. And I feel like, you know, he's tested me too, that he's like, you know, I belong, I belong to the, to the tribe and he puts things mm -hmm. before me and he always wants me to take the lofty, you know, the high road. He puts things before me and I don't feel condemnation as if I took the low road, but it's like, to me, he's always wanting me to climb the tree a little higher. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Now let's talk about, because yeah, a lot of people, when they hear the Nordic gods and they see the North um, iconography or symbolism, they're going to jump to a couple, they might jump, not everybody, but some people are going to jump in a couple directions. One would be kind of white supremacy because there's a group of white supremacists that have adopted the kind of my God kicked your God's ass stuff. Um, mm -hmm. You know, kind of the Thor's hammer and, and misogyny crowd. And there's another group that's going to say, well, okay, uh, you guys um, used to do human sacrifice and raid and plunder and <laughs> wreak, wreak <laughs> havoc throughout all of Northern Europe. Why in the world would you want to bring right. these gods back? So um, which one of those do you want to reflect on? Well, they both should be reflect on, reflected on. Let's start with, <clears throat> uh, well, let's start with the white supremacist issue. So there are three groups of Norse pagans that I like, well, three groups that I see. So you first, you have your white supremacist. So anyone that's a folkish or uses the word folk, that is a red flag, just so you know, <clears throat> for white supremacist groups. Um, another uh, thing to watch out for is Odinism. I know some people, when they come to Norse stuff, if they, especially if they're pulled by Odin, they hear Odinism and they're like, oh, well, that's what I am because I work with Odin because they don't know. But Odinism, Odinism is also connected with supremacy. Just so, um, That's the red flag as well, just so you know, um, or so that people know. And <clears throat> so there are, there are a subset of North, uh, Norse pagans that are basically just white supremacist groups. And they use, to me, they use, they, some of them might be actual pagans, but I think a lot of them just use it as a shield. Yes. For, for white supremacy, not all of them actually believe in the gods. I do think that some of them just use it as a a shield. Well, it's our religion and it's our heritage, right, yada, right. yada, so to speak. <clears throat> it's the kind of way they hide behind it. But you have those people. They're white supremacists. They're open about it. Fine. Then you have people like us. We're universalists. We believe that anybody that's called by the gods should work with the gods. Exactly. And historically, that is accurate. If you if you go back historically to the Viking era and to uh, pagan Scandinavia, racism as we know it today did not exist then. 
Um, they came into contact with all kinds of cultures and people. And from an archaeological standpoint, they've actually found that their DNAs were mixed. There's no such thing as this pure race. Exactly. No, the Vikings exist. pretty much, they um, they were very, shall we say, open. <laughs> yeah. In their yeah. encounters. They came in contact with a lot of cultures. And you know what? And they did, of course, they did partake in slavery. They did. Which a lot of, a lot of, they all did. A lot that, of Christian did. nations were. Uh, oh, I think our, I think our nation had a little war over that 150 years ago. Yep. But I should point out the majority of the slaves were actually Irish. <laughs> the Irish is the majority of the people they enslaved. So it wasn't. It was more of um, slavery back then. Was more of like we pillage, we win, and you're part of the you know, spoils property that we're going to sell just like we're going to take all your goods, all your gold, anything of value that included people. That was just universal in that time period. Um, but the gods and the Scandinavians back then, racism as it is say, did not exist then. It wasn't a thing. Um, and another thing. And there was also no hodgemogeny. You know, people say like, oh, well, we're this group of people. But that didn't exist in paganism. It was tribal. They didn't see themselves as Scandinavians. Right. No, they <laughs> or Sweden, They were or in Sweden, this house Sweden, or that earldom. I mean, they belonged to their particular, yeah. right, to their earl. And uh, But one thing They're I also tribe. want to say about ancient Vikings, the Vikings, is um, sexuality. A lot of people want to use the Odinism as this misogyny thing that, you know, if you actually do mm-hmm. the work, there is a lot of stuff going on <laughs> in the longhouse other than just hetero, right? And, you know, most ancient pagan oh, yeah. cultures, um, there was a lot, you know, the native, it was very common for a couple of braves to have a romantic attachment. And, um, and, and of course, in all the Greek and Roman, it was very acceptable for the warriors to have another warrior that they would spend the evening with. And yet they would also be married and family and all of that. So people that want to take this Odinism white supremacy and use it as a way to browbeat the women and exclude queer people, they are not historic. They're not being true to the historicity of Viking Scandinavia by any stretch. (laughs) Well, not even that. I mean, Odin seems to be the epitome of masculinity, right? right? The war god, the death god. And he definitely did have those aspects. But he was so much more than that. He learned magic from Freya. He learned women's magic. Right. (laughs) He learned Sather from Freya. And he would dress. And there are actually stories of him dressing dressing in women's clothes to pick herbs. Right. And he was a shapeshifter. Loki was a shapeshifter. A lot of the gods were shapeshifters. They weren't, I mean, forget, you know, we talk about um, non-binary or gender fluid. They were species fluid. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> they took on any role that they needed to, to attain their goal. Exactly. I also love, so. you know, the raven because I used to do this. I, I, I've been getting back to a lot of my astral work, but you know, you can, mm-hmm. Place your consciousness within an animal. And if you really get attuned, you can see through that animal. 
And I love how, you know, a lot of times, you know, the Nordic gods are watching through the raven or the eagle or whatever. And uh, that's true. I mean, that is not just good storytelling. You can, if you are an accomplished magician, especially if you work with astral bodies, astral projection and uh, by location Mm -hmm. of your consciousness, you can do that. You know, you can see through animals. I mean, it, it takes a lot of work, but it's certainly worthwhile. And I've had a couple of animals that I could attune to when I was younger that I could actually see through them. And uh, so I like that because that's good old fashioned witchcraft. <laughs> yeah. Right. So just to um, bring everything together in terms of, so you have the, you have the white supremacist group, you have the universalist group, and then you have the people that are in the middle. And those are the people that won't, denounce racism white supremacy and misogyny that to me is a concern when you're a norse pagan you cannot afford to be on the fence you're either okay with it and support it or you're not so anybody who doesn't want to give you a clear answer on how they feel about other groups and minorities practicing norse paganism that should be a red flag for you as well and um, some, I'm trying to think, here are some groups uh, or people that you can listen to on YouTube. I just want to put this out real quick that are universalist, open-minded, wonderful Norse pagans. That would be Ocean Keltoy. He's one person. Wolf the Red. He's another one. He has a Discord page and he has a YouTube channel. Um, the Norse Witch. It's another one. And then there's an, uh, another gentleman named Arith Hariger. I hope I said that right. He actually lives in Portugal. And he is a practicing Norse pagan. At, well, I don't know if he calls himself a Norse pagan, but he does work with Norse um, paganism and animism and all that. He's also an anthropologist. And he has a great YouTube page. And he is great at t- giving historical, anthropological, as well as his own personal experiences. He's also great at debunking all that white supremacy, misogyny nonsense as well. Well, and Jackson Crawford, um, if you want more of a um, educational, academic uh, type of information on the Norse pagans, he's he was a professor of Norse paganism. Well, let's so talk about those are some people. Let's you talk about the gods because both you and I are rare. Because we actually believe in the gods and we believe that they are real and that they're moving in our life, that they are all, they're all reflections of source or whatever, but they are actual, Mm -hmm. they are actual gods, goddesses and ascended masters and all that. And um, so you think, well, okay, we have, you know, Freya, Frigg and all these Norse gods and all these sacrifice and pillaging and long boats and all that. And, uh, is that what they're is that what they're about today? But what I believe, and I think you do too, but you can say, is these gods are also ascending. They're growing. They're learning. I mean, if you take a look at I my my last name is Danish, and the Danish Vikings. Literally, my grandfather spoke Danish, so we are very new to America. These the Dane. Mm-hmm the Danish side of the family, very new. And um, 
these gods and goddesses, they are growing. They are learning. They are ascending. They are real people. They're not static. So what was maybe right. revolutionary in 796 AD or 2023 USA or, or Denmark, not a good idea. And let me just say this about Denmark. So Denmark is the child of the old gods and they got deceived into becoming Christian. But, you know, the Danes, the, the Vikings, we are the last holdout of European paganism. We, we, we withstood the new religion for the longest and never really gave up our old one, as is obvious. Well, yeah. so where, what have the old gods done? Denmark is the happiest country in the world, the safest country in uh -huh. the world, and <clears throat> one of the most liberal countries in the world. It is extremely. Same with Norway. And right, extremely liberal. But guess what? They're not getting slaughtered by shooters in mathematics class. They don't have skid row and tweakers and meth and trash and trailers. And, you know, these countries, the, the, the children, the countries that were birthed by the old gods are clean, happy, safe, successful, elegant, classy, and liberal. There are no, yeah. so the old gods. <laughs> They're also very, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? <clears throat> they, they're not very egoistic either. They're, they're very, um, like, I, I remember watching an interview one time with um, one of the Skarsgård actors. And he was talking about how, like, you know, the, the king of uh, Sweden, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm the king. Sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they have this, they don't, they don't want it. They're not trying to be better than anybody. They're very um, self-depreciating and kind and, and just, <laughs> they want to be on the same level as everybody else. You know what I mean? Like there's no, like, it's not like in America where I'm better than you are because I have more money than you or something like that. It's not like that out there. No, it's not. A matter of fact, the twins and I, um, my two youngest, we almost moved to Norway. If I was a little younger, we were going to go live in this village that they'll pay you to, if you stay there for 10 years, if you're under 45, nice. they'd pay you to come live in this village. We were like, Let's go to the old country. <laughs> Just go do that. <laughs> I came so close to going there. I mean, and uh, and it doesn't mean that they don't have their right wing element and all of that. But the dominant culture yeah. that has prevailed. And, you know, I just think about America. We're so polarized. And you have these people that are touting this misogyny and this kind of Trump um, ultra conservative and all this nonsense. That is so not the spirit of Scandinavia. It is not. It's not the spirit of this country. It's not, yeah, not, not America. We've been a melting pot and we've been the big experiment and we've certainly had our failures, but that... We haven't dealt with the past. We haven't dealt with the past and they do not represent a respectable future. They just, re they represent um, a continued degradation of our country. So I think the Norse gods are more trusted than the than those, these other gods. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I will, I will stake my future with them. If that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. Well, and we should talk about, um, 
some of the things they brought up too is like back in the day, people would say, oh, well, the old, you know, the old pagan gods, you know, we used to sacrifice animals and people to them and all that, which to be fair, also happened with the Hebrew Judeo-Christian gods in the Bible. (laughs) They were sacrificing people and babies and animals to God then too. So the Christian God is not absolved of that. Oh gosh, no, um, no, listen, historically, I've got a really good argument that I just had with an individual who's a Christian is uh-huh. always trying to Christianize me. I'm like, that is not going to work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just saying, but okay. In the new Testament, the Bible says slaves obey your masters. And he's like, well, you know, you Nord, you Nordic people had slaves. I'm like, yeah, we got rid of them a lot sooner than the Christians. We had to lose over a hundred thousand people in this country to, to free the slaves in the South. A lot sooner did we give it up. And I said, we don't have any stupid books that tell slaves to obey their masters. And he's like, well, you know, blah, 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 some meaningless explanation. I said, no, wait a minute. The Bible is very clear on stuff that it says is good and bad. And they're like a 10 commandments and there's a 400 of this and whatever. God in the Bible has no problem saying this is wrong. So if your Christian God was anti-slavery, why wouldn't he just say so? He doesn't. I said, us pagans figured out slavery was a bad idea and we ditched it long before you guys. I said so. Well, we did a lot of things before the Christians, like bathe, <laughs> marry. Yeah, marriage is a pagan The Norse thing. were very clean compared to other cultures back in the day. Extremely. And listen, marriage, that's a beautiful point. Marriage is a pagan thing. Yeah, it started with pagan culture. Right, and the church adopted it. You know, we, yeah. we had this bad habit of choosing a mate and staying faithful. And uh, they're like, we got to shut that mm-hmm. down. right that's so true and so uh we got to ruin that (laughs) so those things you know the the gods evolve as we evolve and they don't require the same look for something to be a sacrifice or an offering it has to be something that requires you to give up of something right so today um and everyone might have a different offering or sacrifice that God wants from them specifically. But in my experience with like Odin, for example, I mean, obviously you can leave beer, mead are always appropriate for Odin or any of the Norse gods actually. But um, I'm learning the runes right now. So I am partaking of my time to learn Odin's wisdom and knowledge of the runes that he gave to humanity. Right. And you know, back that is giving up my time. Well, like you said on the sacrifice back in the day, if it was in the fall Mm -hmm. and we'd brought in all that we could bring in from the fields and we had dried our meats and dried our fish and did all the the thing. And then we're going to make a sacrifice of Thanksgiving to the old gods. And we select one of our Mm -hmm. 20 calves. That's a big deal. You couldn't run down to the market and go buy steak tonight on a whim. I mean, we were out there in the middle right. of nowhere on the fjord. And if you were going to sacrifice an animal, you were sacrificing your livelihood. So, I mean, the equivalent mm-hmm. would be giving one twentieth of your gross pay 
to the old gods because you know we live off the off coin now not off of herds and flocks so the idea of just going and grabbing your neighbor's cat <laughs> This is not an acceptable sacrifice. It's not necessary. It's not necessary. It's not necessary. There's many ways that one can sacrifice or give offerings to the gods. And like I said, in my case, it's my time and energy Um, and my readings. I'm starting my my business doing readings um, in the fall. That is going to be my offering. And I'm going to see, to me, Giving readings to people and helping people is also an offering to Odin. That's how I'm seeing it. I love it. it. I am choosing to see it as my giving up my time to help other people, to help guide them in times of challenge and difficulty. That is my gift to Odin. Well, you know, one thing I do, and and I believe this, you know, I have such a uh, such an indwelling presence of Odin right now in my life. And again, that wasn't asked for like you, he just came, collected me just like my um, Valkyrie, yeah. my spirit guide collected me. I've just been collected by the gods. But <laughs> one thing I do and I love it is I listen to Nordic music and there's a lot of good Nordic music now. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I will listen to that and I will sing to the gods and I'll share a cup at night with the gods. I just commune with them. I'm not, you know, I'm not sacrificing my schnauzer or anything like that. I just commune. I just, every day I spend time with the old ones and I'll sing these songs. And like you, I'll I'll work with my runes and we'll share a a reading, reading the Adas, reading their stories. Right. Reading their stories. is also another thing you can do. Arguing with Christians. That after usually after three cups of wine, it's texting Christians. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Here's what I really think about you. Uh, I'm just kidding. I oh, I have God. a really good friend right now in my life who's actually a Christian priest. She's a Christian priest, and uh, nice. so the pagan priestess and the Christian. She's an Episcopalian, and they're they're a different deal. They're very mm-hmm. open. You know, they're very high church. They're, Christ- they're, they're Catholics without the guilt. Exactly. <laughs> like that. At least that's what people say. I like that. Catholics yeah. without the guilt. Yeah, they're very high church, which for the old magician in me, I like the high church part. Yeah. You know, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, But they're pagan as far as their openness. You know, they're not weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. They're not those guys. So, yeah. 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 Um, and the other thing I've noticed with, with, for me, and I don't know if you've had a similar experience with, but with Odin, he comes and goes. So, you know, when you have a, all the, all the different gods are different. They have different energies. You're going to have different experiences with them. But my experience with Odin is that he comes and he goes like right now he's gone. He did what he, he came. He's like, okay, you're going to do this, this, and this. And then he left. <laughs> So now it's like I have work to do in the meantime. So he doesn't, he's not there like 24 seven, you know, there I can meditate and I don't always encounter him because I'm doing my own inner work. But when he has something to say or share, or he needs me to do something, he will come back and show up again. So it's not a constant daily thing. I think that's important for people to know when you have con, when you, develop a working relationship with a God, they don't necessarily have to be there every single 
day and time you do your meditation. So don't freak out if you're working with a God and then all of a sudden you do meditation, they're not there. That doesn't mean that they've gone away necessarily, you know, um, at least not permanently. No, and you know, I learned. <laughs> but they do have other stuff to do. <laughs> I learned that when I was doing an evocation as a black magician, because in evocation, you're trying to actually get a spirit to step through and appear physically. And I was very successful at it. Just, I don't know, a hundred times it worked out of 500 attempts. So one thing I always learned was I do the right, do the ritual and the spirit would show up. And if he didn't, fine. I drain the horn and uh, go play Skyrim. <laughs> it's like, in other yeah. words, don't take it personal because there's so many other things. There's moons and days and angels and powers. I mean, the spiritual world, if you know, our world, you look at earth, it is amazing and it is complicated. All the tectonic yeah. plates and the magma and the atmospheres and oceans and brackish and fresh waters and glaciers on and on and on this goes. I mean, it's a sophisticated organism and the earth is just one of trillions of planets. Well, the spiritual world is just as sophisticated. And I think people have a tendency to approach the spiritual world like it's really easy. Oh, there's God and there's the devil and there's some angels and, de and demons and whatever, heaven and hell. Okay, that's it. We're, I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> as above, so below. As below, so above. The spiritual world is just as sophisticated. So I'm one little magician wielding my ceremonial sword in my nine-foot circle. Well, you know, maybe I'm trying to call whoever, Lilith. But Lilith is busy. <laughs> so her phone's ringing, but she's got something else she's doing right now. So she takes note of that and then she'll swing by maybe in three three rituals from now. I mean, she's a real person. And she, I don't know what Lilith does. Probably don't want to know what Lilith does in her spare time. But, <laughs> right. but she did come to my circle. So anyway, just, you know, yeah, when you're working with a deity, understand Odin. He's got a lot of us Nordics to look after. And uh, he's up to a lot yeah. of different things. So he may or may not be in your meditation, but he will be there eventually. Yes. I want to tell you what I think. He's definitely one of the easier ones to um, connect with. His energy is very strong. And I just want to say, because normally I speak to my Valkyrie. She's the one I talk to all the time. She talks to me. I don't have a lot of conversations over the last two years with other entities, but Odin actually did speak to me. And he told me this, and I really like this. He goes, quit looking at your life as a bunch of things you have to do. Start looking at your life as a great adventure. And he's like, you know, sometimes an adventure goes in the way of the warrior. Sometimes it goes against them or her. And he's like, that's just part of it. Don't just think because a battle is going bad that you're not in harmony with the gods. It just means the battle is going to bad and a, and a warrior has to know what to do when the battle is not in your favor. And then when you win, doesn't necessarily mean you're in the company of gods. You just might have lucked out, but he's like, so quit thinking, you know, in a binary way. Look at your life as a great adventure and just get out there and live it and let it happen. And, you know, stay true to the gods. And that's changing how I approach. You know, I'm planning a, a really big adventure here in about three weeks and I'm not worrying about it. I'm like, no, I'll just make provision, metaphorically get in my boat, 
and row and we'll just see yep. what happens. But the gods are with me. I like this new nice. perspective. But Odin <laughs> taught me that because mm-hmm. I'm a worrier. Oh, my God. I'm an OCD, ADHD oh, worrier. <laughs> me too. <laughs> me too. I definitely, I'm very, uh, I get stressed out easily. I freak out about everything and even things I have no control over, you know, just <laughs> it's a waste of energy to do that. I'd just be but. going in. I'd be going into battle with my shield strapped to my head, chewing on my ax. I mean, he's like, stop it. <laughs> stop yeah. it. Relax. Just go, go. Go and you know he. Um, that's what I love about him. He's like it's an adventure. Dive in and live your life. You know, just live it and see what happens. So I don't know. I this this interchange, this exchange I'm having with Odin, is really improving my um, psychological health. <laughs> or, yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that attitude. Definitely. Let's just have an adventure. You're a Viking. That's a great way to look at Vikings it. Vikings have adventures. Especially for people that freak out about everything. <laughs> right. Like I said, you can see with the shield over your head. You're chewing on your axe, you know, and you're just like, <laughs> did I pay my car insurance? He's yeah. like, stop it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, I think this will end uh, today's discussion about Odin actually is what we were talking about more than yeah. And in the, the future, Pantheon. I do so want to definitely t- an Odin episode. I do want to talk about uh, Freya. She's really close to and Frigg, and some of the others. Loki, mm-hmm. oh man, Loki, uh-huh. he's always doing things. <laughs> so I do. We can definitely. We'll have to do another episode. I'd also like to do one on runes and rune magic. Definitely would be great. Well, this was too fun. I've had a lot of success. This was too fun. Yeah. Okay. This one was fun. Well, all right. Well, thank you everybody for joining us. Um, and we will see you next time. Skull. Blessed be. <laughs> Blessed be. <laughs> <laughs>